This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Good morning. Welcome, GTC. Zacchino Scully with you in the house. Weeks, he will drop by an hour or two as he is on his way to Tulsa, Oklahoma for the year's second major. Southern Hills, a renovated, restored Southern Hills. How much of the old Southern Hills is still in the new Southern Hills? Well, they use the term restoration project. So we you know, the routing is the same. A lot of fam- familiarity with the old venue. Uh, Gilhans with the touch of the project. There's a lot of bailout areas, a lot of contouring of the putting surfaces. It was always very undulating putting surfaces here at Southern Hills. It's a big, big ballpark. Par 70, going to play over 7,500 yards. We will get you set for the PGA Championship, not just today, but Wednesday with a bonus edition of Golf Talk Canada Radio right here from 10 to 12, where you'll hear from all the contenders and their pressers. We'll take a look at some of the odds, the betting favorites, the long shots, etc. We'll do that Wednesday. We'll also have a Golf Talk Canada PGA Championship TV special for you one hour as well Wednesday. And again, Weeksy will pop by later on in the show. But Scully, how we doing, boss? You excited? The year second major and... I mean, it snuck up on us pretty quick. I feel like we just put the Masters to bed, and here we are at the PGA Championship. Yeah, it certainly did sneak up pretty quickly, but there are so many storylines heading into this week's second men's major of the season. Mark, you just mentioned the betting odds. I I just, about five minutes ago, finished shooting a hit for the TSN Edge, uh, going through some of the favorites so far. And as of this very moment, Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm are the betting favorites at about plus 1,200 to win the PGA Championship. I'm not, I mean, Scotty Scheffler, I believe, should be the favorite. John Rahm, sort of a weird season thus far. But you know, regardless, so many storylines. I know we'll get to them shortly with news and headlines with some other names who aren't anywhere near the top of the betting board. Or in that, in that matter, anywhere on the betting board because, yes, Phil Mickelson is not playing in this PGA Championship. We're going to get to all of it. Also, Cage Lee defends his championship at the Byron Nelson going deep on a Sunday. He had big chasers with huge names catching momentum with one week into this PGA Championship, one of which can make huge history. We're going to break it all down for you today. Um, we'll also do Winners Weird and What. We'll talk to Alexia Tam who is the new Human Resources Director for Inclusion and Diversity when it comes to Golf Ontario, which is a very unique role. I spoke to her earlier this week. We're going to run that interview for you as well. It's important, Adam, as you know, we try to break the barriers and kind of the old stigmas that even some of our existing politicians to this day, so frustrating when they go to shut down or try to reinvent public golf courses or what golf is in 2022. I mean, they're so outdated. It's absolutely ridiculous. I had an opportunity to briefly speak with Alexia about that in her new position. The fact that her position exists at all and that golf has that position uh, is a complete contradiction to some of those old views and whatnot that politicians try to project on the golf community here in Ontario and Canada. We'll get to all of it, but first let's get to some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. 
All right, Adam, let's start first with who's out as opposed to who's in. Phil Mickelson has withdrawn from the PGA Championship, uh, a defending champion choosing not to defend their title. The PGA Tour, of course, denied releases to players to participate in the first Live Golf Series, which will be opposite the Canadian Open in June. Um, this just broke 31 minutes ago. The DP World Tour expected to also deny those releases. And Greg Norman has issued a letter to the players suggesting that he is not going anywhere. He will de defend them. And uh, these denying of releases is not going to stop this tour. Okay, so that, yeah, that was paraphrasing. Um, Phil Mickelson. It, are we going to see him play golf again this year on the PGA Tour? Do you think we see him at the first Live Golf Series? Will he peg it up? Because now we are in this scenario. We are in the scenario for those 20 players, roughly, that were denied releases. If you choose to participate in London, you are now uh, basically in breach of your agreement with the PGA Tour as a member of that tour and the DP World Tour, which means now you are open to suspension, or a ban, etc. Circle the lawyers, here it goes. How many of these guys peg it up out of the 20, you think, Adam? And is Phil one of them? Well, you mentioned open to suspension. Do you wonder if Phil has already been suspended? Perhaps. that, that the, Because the PGA Tour, in 99% of the time, they don't disclose what their suspensions are. So you wonder after... Phil made those comments to Alan Shipnuck back in, in February, and, those, and we'll see a lot of those comments in the book that's being released to the public tomorrow that Alan Shipnuck has written that where all this stuff has, has happened. Uh, I don't think we see Phil play on the PGA Tour for the rest of the season. I do think we see him play that live event in London opposite of the RBC Canadian Open, June 9 to 11. But at some point, Mark, he's going to have to talk. Like... I remember when, you know, months ago when Phil was, he's still in hiding, obviously. We've seen some grainy shots of him playing golf where he's got a beard. He's definitely put on a little bit of weight. But you get, Phil being Phil, he was the social media all-star for two or three years. Phil, just turn your phone on when you believe the time is right and actually issue an apology. What you mm. issued that so-called apology was nonsense. He didn't apologize. He was basically... He apologized to the Saudi Golf Federation. Yeah, but he was, he was backing up his own word. Like, he wasn't saying mm -hmm. anything he did was wrong, basically. No. So, um, it, it's it, it's puzzling. I, yeah, I don't think we see him play in the PGA Tour. I still thought we were going to see him play the PGA Championship. I really was. But the fact that he's not there, Mark, it's sad. Th that's what it is. Because a year ago at this time, we were talking about, you know... Tiger had his Jack Nicklaus uh, 1986 moment at the Masters in 2019. This was Phil's moment. And now he's not going to be there. This, in my mind, it's, it's just sad. That's what it is. I agree with you, Adam. I, we should be celebrating the one-year anniversary of the greatest win in PGA Championship history. Full yeah. stop. And instead, we are asking, where's Phil? And uh, where's the apology? And where does the tours go from here? Because now the lawyers will circle the wagons and decide what is legal and what is illegal as an organization uh, has control or what say they have over independent contractors. And does this end the era of independent contractors on PGA and DP World Tour? Does this now create a players association like in other sports? Do they have a, a, a minimum salary 
at the levels of you know, PGA Tour Canada, Latino America, to then Corn Ferry, to then a minimum salary when you get to the uh, PGA Tour level. Like we talk about league minimum in other sports. This is a whole can of worms, and it's going to take a long time to figure out. The one thing I think I'm comfortable with, Adam, is I don't believe you can ban someone for life. I don't think it's going that way. But, I, you know, you could quite clearly say if you choose to play in the Live Golf Series, you are not able to participate in that season on the PGA Tour. Just like if you sign with the Toronto Blue Jays to play baseball, you're not eligible to play in the Tokyo Dome in the Japan League that same season. But when the season's over and you've put a bow on things, all, all, all bets are off at that point. So we will see. I'm not a lawyer, and maybe... As this unfolds, maybe we will reach out to yeah. uh, to a a lawyer that kn- that knows this world and start asking some of these questions. Okay, pricing Deshambo in uh, Deshambo on social media, barring uh, something um, like a setback, barring something unaware. Pricing Deshambo going to peg it up uh, skulls at the PJ Championship. This is mind-boggling to me because of those images he posted of what I would call a gnarly scar on his hand and who knows what kind of shape his hip is in because his hip has also caused quite an issue as well. But assuming he does play, which Bryson are we going to see? Like, I don't see him hitting 190 mile per hour ball speed like he was on average prior to the injury. Like, are we going to see a Bryson quote unquote of old where he's hitting fairways? I know Southern Hills isn't exactly a bomber's paradise. It's more of a course where you plot your way around. I mean, Bryson, um, you know, changed that that narrative when he won the U.S. Open by six shots at Wingfoot. So who knows with Bryson? But I think this this would be quite an accomplishment for Bryson DeChambeau to if he made the cut, Mark. I, I mean, that'd be remarkable given where the hand surgery. What was that a month ago? It was just mm-hmm. after the Masters when he looked brutal. Quite frankly, okay, so he it, came. He came back against doctors' orders at the Masters. He yeah. tried to force the issue. He played when he shouldn't have been playing. Shouldn't have been playing, and it really did damage. It set him further back. It sent him to surgery. As he, are we in the same narrative here that he didn't learn his lesson? It's been a month, Adam, and he's playing golf at the PGA Championship. Are we right back where we started? Where this guy does not give himself time to heal and has not learned his lesson here? This is what happened for Tiger Woods too, you know, in, you know, after 2011 on when he, you know, kept injuring his back, tried to come back too soon, and hurt, hurt it a little more. And for Bryson DeChambeau, you think he's doing the exact same thing since the, since, you know, the PGA tour came back from the COVID pause, this is a guy who completely rebuilt his body. And, you know, if, if you put that much damage to your body in terms of reps, in terms of speed, in terms of lifting, it's going to break down at some point. And now it's starting to break down. So, I mean, you're not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. I don't think we're doctors anyway. I mean, some, <laughs> some could debate that. But you would think, just take take some time off, Bryson. You're you're a young guy. Like, just, you know, miss a major here. Come back for the U.S. Open if you can. Come back for the St. Andrews Open Championship. Mm-hmm. He's coming back way too soon. I agree with you. Yeah, again, like, we don't know that we're not doctors. We don't understand the medical healing process, the rehab process. We don't. But we understand the previous history. That we do understand. And he has already proven that that on multiple occasions he's come back too soon. And I'm with you, Adam. This just feels a little too soon. Now, along those lines, you mentioned Tiger. Tiger will be there, pegging it up. Looked great in his most recent visit, which was Sunday to Southern Hills. Ball speeds are up. And I'm always suspect, as you know, 
like I said to you before, I will never listen to a Tiger Woods press conference ever again the rest of my life without a grain of salt because it's it's Fantasy Island, okay? You're not really going to get anything. Uh, what you do get, mm, not so sure it's true. He's always playing games and massaging the narrative. The line that got me, and I don't know what to put into it again because I don't trust what he says a lot of times, but he said, since Augusta, the Monday after the Masters, that was a tough day. But uh, Tuesday morning after Augusta, I got back to work. And my leg now a month, a month later, and I, I'm paraphrasing, I don't know exactly the words, but it's just something along the lines of it was remarkably stronger than it was a month ago. It's gotten much stronger. He anticipates it to get continue to get stronger. Will the mobility or 100% full mobility ever return? No, but he sounded surprised and he sounded encouraged on how much additional strength he has in that leg compared to a month ago, which has sparked his interest, for lack of a better term, in pegging it up Thursday. Absolutely. And there are a lot of ways to, to, to go from here because when he played at the Masters, his ball speeds were remarkably higher than I think any of us ever thought they'd be. I mean, on the Saturday, he was touching 177, 178, even on the driving range, too, or the practice tee, too, at Augusta National. And at Augusta, it was freezing. It was cold. And this week, Thursday and Friday, at this point right now, in the in Fahrenheit, 80, in the 80s, maybe low 90s, it's going to be hot. On the weekend, it's going to cool down in the 70s, cool down a little bit. So for Tiger, you would think that A, it's going to be warmer, so the back's going to, you would think, feel good. Uh, according to all reports of the reporters on site, the swing is easier, it's more free, it's more fluid, a lot of irons off the tee, which when Tiger won this tournament at Southern Hills in 2007, he relied on that stinger shot with either a two iron or a three wood. But for Tiger, I mean, we saw some competitive rust especially in that first round at the Masters where you know he made some really sloppy bogeys where you think that he just shouldn't make bogey from there, from there but he made a lot of great pars too. So the hype machine is is climbing here, Mark. And, I mean, we have a TSN Edge segment that airs every Wednesday. At plus 6,500, maybe? Maybe? Maybe. maybe. We're going to do, do over par, under par at the bottom of the hour. Now, we're not going to do over par, under par on Tiger Woods, but I will ask you your thoughts on whether he can play the weekend. The fact that he's playing golf at all puts him under par for the remainder of his career, but we yeah. will jump on some of the favorites, some of the players coming out of this Sunday with momentum. And speaking of this Sunday with momentum, K.H. Lee defends his title at the Byron Nelson against a very strong leaderboard and field. We'll get into it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zucchino and Scully with you. The AT&T Byron Nelson, the last stop 
before the year's second major, TPC Craig Ranch. What you think of it? This is now what year two at TPC Craig Ranch. I Adam, I mean, you can hit it almost anywhere here. I, I, I've never been on property, but my initial instincts from now seeing this tournament two years at TPC Craig's Ranch is, eh. It's like the last thing the PGA Tour needs is another venue like this where you just, you know, 63s, 61s, 62s on Sunday. I mean, we need more of what we saw a week before at Wells Fargo. I agree. I, watching it, it was just sort of, eh. It was, I mean, guys going super low, you know, guys, you know, T set, you know, finishing 17 under par. They're not even in the top 25 playing. I mean, it's, it is impressive though. You'll know, give Cage Lee credit to win on back-to-back years playing the same golf course in completely different conditions. You remember last year, Mark, where it was raining. It was completely different. But yeah, the golf course in general, the, the par threes were pretty good for the most part. That, that tucked par three, uh, the 17th hole with that bunker in front. Cage Lee made a great up and down there on the 17th, um, on his 71st hole of the tournament uh, to go on to win. But yeah, all in all, I don't know. It was. It just felt sort of meh, mediocre. It wasn't. It wasn't a great venue. I agree with you. Well, off the tee, extremely forgiving. Right, the the rough was marginal at best, um, and it is. It was a very different tournament than what we saw the week before. Where, I mean, there's holes where, if you don't get through there with birdie, you're almost spotting the field. So, like on the back nine. 12, 13, 18. You've got to play those three holes in three under par or better, or you're losing traction of field, as opposed to the previous week at Avenal where you're like, okay, where are the birdie? Are there birdie holes out here? With the exception of the drivable par four that you know guys were on 14 at Wells Fargo that they were taking advantage of. KH Lee played those twelve, uh, those three holes, to my point, 12, 13, uh, 12, 13, and 18 on the final day at four under par. He goes back to back to defend this title, so good on him. For me, I don't know. It's kind of, it's sad because listen, a win on the PGA Tour is a win on the PGA Tour. End of story. I mean, it's a big deal. He's going to move up eighty eight spots on the FedEx Cup. Like this is a monster move for KH Lee. But you know as well as I do, the whole entire golf planet's looking one week ahead, mm-hmm. and they're looking one week ahead. And they know that Jordan Spieth has the chance to join golf immortality, just like Rory had the chance at Augusta. And Phil, if he chooses to play so, will have the same chance again at uh, at the U.S. Open. But he has a chance to join a list of players to have the career Grand Slam, professional career Grand Slam. He'll have a chance next week. And he shot 67, 65, 64, 67, and is striping at tee to green. Still a few question marks with the putter, but come on, 25 under, Adam, were you not immediately already thinking, wow, next week, then Hideki Matsuyama? And I know we're going to do over par, under par, but I mean, there are big names that needed to show you something before next week that showed you something. I mean, and for Jordan Spieth winning his start before to go first, second, leading into the PGA Championship, and where, like you mentioned, he can complete the career Grand Slam. He's had chances before, a good finish at Beth Page a couple of years ago. And that was really where he was in the depths of the swing issues. That's where he was struggling, and he sort of battled out a top 10 uh, at 2019 when Brooks Kepka uh, ran away with that PGA Championship. And that was mainly just for the short game. And you watch Jordan Spieth, Mark, and he still has that, what would you call it, quirky, 
pre-shot mm. routine where he's trying to find Looks that like he's throwing it. Yeah, that position where it's still very uncomfortable for him, so he's trying to throw the club. And his swing does look way different to just the common eye than when he went on his run in 2015 when he finished first, first, fourth, second in the major championships and won the Tour Championship, had a remarkable year. So his swing has totally changed. And and his speed is up too. I mean, and that might be a technology thing too, Mark, but routinely hitting ball speeds of 178 with the driver. Yes, mm-hmm. but you mentioned though, like his putter is still from inside that five feet, like even inside three feet, there's it's still kind of a jabby motion. I mean, he's got that free-flowing stroke from, you know, 10, 15, 20, 25 feet where you think if he's within 30 feet, he's going to make the putt. It's just, that's just Jordan Spieth in his prime. But when he gets a little closer to the hole, something's, something's still a little off with that putting stroke, I think. Uh, very much. But I will say this. He lost this tournament by one shot and finished second. And we're still questioning his putting. He was 36 <laughs> in strokes game putting in this tournament, Okay. And when Jordan used to win, he was he would lead this category all day long, right? Mm-hmm. First in total birdies made at TPC uh, at TPC Craig's Ranch. Nobody in the nobody in the field made more birdies than Jordan Spieth. He made twenty nine of them on the week. He was second in strokes gained T to green. Second T to green in strokes gained. Uh, looking at uh, strokes gained approach, uh, sorry, strokes gained uh, approach the green iron play fourth. Strokes gained off the tee, seventh. I mean, if he putts average next week, he's going to have a chance to win this golf tournament. And I can't believe I'm saying that compared when we think of how far down the rabbit hole he went, how far off the cliff he went, Adam. If he putts mediocre, he will have a chance to complete the career grand slam. It is crazy, too. You think back to the 2020 U.S. Open. You could have put a shot clock on Jordan Spieth when he was standing over a driver. It was 18, 20 seconds each time routinely. Even when he was winning his, his majors and even when, you know, the 2017 Open Championship, when he missed that fairway at Royal Birkdale, 100 yards right of the fairway. That was his miss, short to the right. And now he's got this new quirky swing. He's hitting the ball so much better. Like you mentioned, yeah, 36 in strokes game putting, still finishing 25 under par. If he has anything similar, tee to green this upcoming week at Southern Hills and putts even better, yeah, there's no chance Jordan Spieth will not be in one of the final groups come Sunday afternoon. And there's really no reason to think that he his ball striking will slide at this point because yeah. the consistency is now back to your point. This is not a one-off of the Byron Nelson. This is now a trend over the last several starts that included a win at the RBC Heritage that gets us to this point. Okay, on the other side, this is a nice tee up. Because huge names grabbing momentum at the Byron Nelson. And also big names that chose to take the week off. Are they over par or are they under par? Heading into the year's second major. We'll break it down next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time. The Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zakino Scully with you. Weeks you'll be by 
top of the hour. He's en route to Tulsa, Oklahoma for the PGA Championship. And we are breaking down now some of the favorites. And again, on Wednesday, we will have a special edition of Golf Talk Canada Radio 10 to 12 right here on TSN 1050. And of course, that afternoon, a one-hour TSN TV special. We will give you our picks, our TSN Edge picks. We will hear from the favorites. We will get... uh, Get you all the audio you need, uh, hear from Tiger Woods, hear from the big names in the game of golf, and we will set up the year's second major, as we do on all major weeks now. And we also have a big announcement coming for Canadian Open Week, which I think we'll probably wait till after the PGA Championship Mm -hmm. to let our listeners and viewers know. Canadian Open Week is going to be absolutely massive, not just for Golf Talk Canada, for the entire TSN radio and TV family. But let's take a look now in terms of some of the odds and favorites to win this, and we'll do a little over par, under par. Scotty Scheffler, I think, obviously is a no-brainer, uh, really at 10-1 to 1, uh, as the uh, hands-down favorite along with John Rahm. I, I don't think either one of us would have the, the nerve to put him over par. He's obviously under par and actually had quite a, a nice Byron Nelson. He has not played much lately, Scotty Scheffler. He's not, you know, he's not been uh, playing a ton of golf. So this was a knock the rust off week for Scotty Scheffler. And he managed to shoot a closing 69. He went 67, 68, 65, 69, 19 under par. T15. I think Scotty Scheffler did exactly what he needs needed to do before the year's second major. He loves this golf course, by the way. He he won the NCAA um, Big 12 Division Final there back in 2015 before the renovation. He he calls it his favorite golf course in the world. So we're going to put Scotty Scheffler aside. Jordan Spieth, I think we both have under par, correct, Adam? There's no need to break down yeah. Jordan here. It's pretty okay. Let us start with Tadeki Matsuyama, who closed with the 62 on the weekend, almost snuck back and won this championship. The challenge with Hideki has been health. He's 33 to one. And I have picked him and I have had him in other tournaments earlier this year, anticipating his third victory of the season. And I got WD'd because we just did not know how healthy he was. He sure looked healthy on Sunday. Do you trust him, Adam? Do you trust Hideki Matsuyama enough to put him under par? Uh, I would say yes. I mean, given uh, before the Masters, all the talk was, you know, he's got a neck issue. He withdrew the week before. He's not going to play. Then what's he do? He finishes tie for 12th. uh, Sorry, tie for 14th at the Masters, a Saturday 77 with that too. So he's got to be under par. You mentioned at the Byron Nelson, a 62 on Sunday. Hello. So Hideki Matsuyama and a 33 to 1 2. Talk about value right there. Mm-hmm. I think Hideki Matsuyama's way under par. All right. You've got him under par. I've got him under par too. I'm just a little nervous about, again, trusting him because I've been burnt before. Okay. Here's an interesting one. And I'm wondering if what we saw this weekend was it a Rory or is it real? Xander Shoffley backdoors a 61 and a top five. And I call it Rory because we know what Rory likes to do. He likes to not be in a golf tournament and then wow you on Sunday like he did at Augusta. And then you anticipate this great week from him. And then, of course, you can't get out of the gates on Thursday, Friday. Xander Shoffley may be a little unfair to put him in that same category. 
has never won a major championship, Adam, but has a large bucket of top fives in all four of them. I mean, if there's a major, very rarely does Xander Shoffley finish outside the top five, especially in the PGA and the U.S. Open. Xander Shoffley at 27-1, to coming off a closing 61, under par, over par. I'm still under par on Xander Shoffley, and yes, he has a victory this season. Yes, it was in the team event, but you know, winning breeds confidence, as we've spoken about before. He did miss the cut last year at the PGA Championship at Keough Island, which was definitely mm-hmm. unexpected. But uh, he's had a couple of top tens. His best finish actually at T10 at the uh, 2020 PGA Championship at Harding Park. Still has some pretty good numbers across the board in terms of strokes gain. His worst that. 59th in strokes game putting. So that, that's something that does seem a little puzzling uh, for Xander Schauffele, who has tinkered with different uh, putting styles, different putting grips. Uh, he had the victory last summer at the Olympics, uh, winning gold. So for Xander Schauffele, I am significantly more under par than I was heading into the Masters. I'll tell you that. And for a guy who was playing a lot of good golf, uh, his US, the U.S. Open is his best major. He's never finished outside the top 10 at the U.S. Open. So maybe he's you know, peaking for that, but he's playing a lot of great golf right now, Xander Schauffele, so uh, I will put him at under par. Okay, I've got a tough one for you. And this is not, I don't want you to translate this as over par, under par in terms of he's not playing well. I want you to translate this as under par, he has a chance to win a real good chance, or over par, it will be another top 20. Justin Thomas at 14 to 1 is one of the favorites coming into this year's PGA Championship. He has done absolutely everything this year you can do on the PGA Tour but win. Had a chance to win again this weekend on a golf course where you could kind of almost hit it anywhere and get it done. But on a Sunday where KH Lee shot 63. Hideki Matsuyama shot 62. Xander Shoffley shot 61. Justin Thomas shot 67. And in a way, a 67 that in a way almost backed him up on the leaderboard. Tied for 135th in driving accuracy. I got him over par, Adam. I do. And I know it sounds ridiculous because it's another top five. But I got to be honest with you. If... Justin Thomas won the PGA Championship, I'd be shocked. Okay, so for me, I'm on, I'm on the other side, so we're disagreeing here. This is good. I, uh, I'm under par on Justin Thomas. More for the Masters. I was all over him for the Masters, mainly because of having Jim Bones Mackay on the bag and helping Phil Mickelson three green jackets, helping t- uh, Justin Thomas with that, uh, that experience that way. He finished T8 at the Masters and was four over 76 on Thursday, where he was just awful. But he backdoored. He came back, played a really good Friday round of the 67, then was even throughout the weekend uh, to finish tie for eight. I still like Justin Thomas. His putting stats have been very inconsistent th- throughout the year. Those mm-hmm. driving accuracy numbers are a little uh, puzzling, mm-hmm. to say the least. But on a golf course that you and I agree with is not exactly uh, a great PGA Tour layout golf course. I still like Justin Thomas. I think he comes in now with confidence, even shooting a, a 67 on Sunday, which backs him up, which is even remarkable to say those words out loud. But yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I like Justin Thomas. I really do. I, I think he'll get in the mix this week. I think he's due. I mean, the one major championship, 2017 PGA, um, it's hard, at Quail Hollow, it's hard to believe it's been that long. 
Okay, let's give you some hard ones now. Players that we have not did not see this weekend. Let's give you some hard ones. Rory McIlroy had a good Wells Fargo. It's not like he didn't contend. It's not like he didn't have a chance to win. In fact, that 68 on Saturday was only second to Keegan Bradley, which is probably the worst day you are going to see on the PGA Tour this year. Scoring average on the Saturday at the Wells Fargo was 74. Rory shot 68. Keegan Bradley shot 67. They were six and seven shots better than the scoring average on a day where it was seven degrees Celsius, a sideways wind and rain. Um, again, comes short, doesn't get it done. Um, Rory McIlroy won earlier this season, CJ Cup. That was on the other side of Christmas in the desert. It feels like a lifetime to go. The backdoor 64 on Sunday at Augusta. Rory under par or over par as we head to the PGA Championship. I told you this, this is a hard one, Adam. This, this, you asked the tough questions here, my friend, and <laughs> this is the hard one because since he's won that, since he won that PGA Championship in the dark in 2014 at Valhalla, his opening rounds at major championships have just been a debacle, to say mm-hmm. the least. And and like he's done so many times, he's just backdoored his way inside into a top ten, into a top five, into a second. And you think, oh, what a great week for Rory McIlroy, eh, because he, he didn't have a chance to win. He's playing that free-flowing game. If he decides, like we mentioned on our Masters recap show, uh, a radio on television the Monday uh, after Scotty Scheffler won the green jacket, if he, if he just says, you know what, for one tournament, I'm going to just be that free-flowing self, that I'm not going to play for the middle of the green. I'm just going to be aggressive. I'm going to play free-flowing. Like he said after he won the CJ Cup, he just said, I just have to be me. I just have to be Rory. I don't have to try to be someone else. I'm good enough the way I am. Just do that, and he's he could win this by eight shots this week. We've seen him win majors by eight shots before, but he hasn't done that, Mark. So that's where I'm still over par with Rory McIlroy. If, As I, am I, I mean, Adam. Like, you remember last year when he won the Wells Fargo uh, the, a couple weeks before the PGA Championship, his first tee shot at the PGA Championship went 40 yards out of bounds in the water. You think, here we go again, Ferrari. So I'm still over par for McIlroy. As am I. I also have him over par, which I, I hate saying, but I mean, Rory is now in a position where I can't give him the benefit of the doubt, even though he's Rory McIlroy. And in, so until I see it, I won't believe it. Until I see it, it will just be more backdoor uh, strong finishes until he flips the script. 2014 is a long time. Mm-hmm. Okay, two quick ones here before we go to break, and these are other tough ones as well. Colin Morikawa is with Justin Thomas at 14-1, to also one of the favorites from Morikawa. Has not won this year, but fifth at the Masters. Large bucket of top fives. Has only missed one cut the entire season, Adam, but is yet to bring his A game. Morikawa, under par, over par. He's got to be under par for me, too. There are so many guys who are coming in with pretty decent form, and that's why I said, like I said at the top of the show, that there are so many great storylines. And Morikawa, I should say, had a great performance at the Masters, too, playing with McElroy on that Sunday final round. This guy's already won two major championships. He's a PGA champion. He had a hole-in-one in a practice round yesterday on Sunday. So good vibes from Morikawa. He's under par for me, for sure. How about you? Uh, I, I've got him under par still, too, because even though it's a similar scenario to Rory, I feel like Morikawa is the kind of guy that isn't carrying around a lot of baggage. This is not headworm stuff. This is just a matter of four days in a row, and he's going to win a golf tournament. I anticipate him 
to have a big second half. And it could start this week uh, where Rory, again, he needs to get over those hurdles mentally before I'm willing to go there. All right, quickly, Adam, we got to go to break. John Rahm over par, under par. I know he's a winner in Mexico, but it did nothing for me. I think he's still he's still kind of over par. I, like he hasn't impressed much at all to me. Okay, and Tiger Woods makes the cut again in a second oh, yeah. major since the return. I think Tiger Woods is inside the top twenty this week. How about that? Okay. All right. Jeff McDonald just smiled. Jeff McDonald saying top 10. <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Top 20. Give me the top 10. Okay. On the other side, we'll get you caught up with 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Adam, I want to know how your game's going. I know you're playing. Yeah. You had the best start, I think, or something ever at Bayview. You teased that to me That's off the air. Yeah. All right. We'll talk a little 20 weeks of TaylorMade coming up next. This Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Welcome back, Golf Talk Canada. Zakino Scully. Weeks of coming by top of the hour in the next segment. He's on his way to Southern Hills, the year's second major. Adam, okay, you, you teased me off, off air. You got off to your best start ever at Bayview, which means to me there's potential here for an eagle-eagle start is what you're going to tell me because Bayview does it not start off with back-to-back par fives. Okay, so I'm not, I'm not that good, but <laughs> I, I, was, I was three under par standing on the third tee. Okay, so almost an eagle eagle start. Where the eagle come on one or two? Okay, so the eagle, so the eagle came on the first hole. So right. if you remember, Bayview, the, the first hole is a, a par five. It's very very slight dog leg to the right. The ninth fairway is directly perpendicular. For mm-hmm. some people like myself, we like to err on the side of caution to the left because right there's houses, you're out of bounds. Left there's a fairway. So I missed the fairway left by probably forty yards. And, but I was, I'm in the middle of the ninth fairway. So as long as you don't kill anyone walking up this way, I like to think I'm a plus four handicap yelling four. So no one, no one got injured. I got to say hi to the group who was walking up nine. And then they all thought, let's just stick around and watch them, you know, go for the green too. So I got four people waiting behind me. There's four people waiting on the ninth tee. And I'm waiting for the green to clear on nine. So I, I'm, I'm holding the golf course up, basically. Sure, sure. Right and out of the gates, by the way. Right out of the gates. But I take from 252 yards, I take my new stealth five wood, and I hit this shot, Mark. I, I wish there was a pro tracer. It was a one-yard draw. I club twirled. I walked after it 15 <laughs> feet. You know, I got a round of applause. And then I made the putt. That's the it best was like, part. Oh. But, but, and then so I, you know, I, I, I birdie. I, I hit a good drive. Driver nine iron into two. Uh, to make the two putt birdie, almost made the putt. But then, Mark, this is something where you know you mentioned you know off air that you were four or five under par playing last week. Um, I I get that uncomfortable phase where you're playing so well, and it's I know it's early, but then things to start start to unravel. And for those listening, whether you're trying to break a hundred for the first time, 90, 80, 70, maybe you're you're trying to go for your first birdie. Do you have any tips for anyone when you're feeling? that uncomfortable to try to still play aggressively versus 
playing too cautiously or playing too safe? Yeah, you know, like you mentioned to me, I was four or five under, but I didn't stay there. Like yeah. I, 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 I ended up finishing one under with uh, with Hammer. We were playing Summit, and um, and for me, it was it wasn't the angst of being low. It uh, because I've done that a bunch of times. It was, it was the. Uh, go- the glaring issues in your game came to, like when I'm, I'm hitting still too many shots left to right for me as a draw. And, 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 and then you get to certain holes on a golf course where you need to hit long irons and you need to hit big approach shots and you start swinging hard and it starts turning over and bogeys start coming. And that's all it was for me. And I turned like a six, I turned like a 66, 67 into a 70 in the blink of an eye, which is a couple of hooks, a couple of hard draws and that was it. My advice to people that are like yourself, that you know, getting somewhere where you've never been before. And you know, Dennis Paulson always says, you know, there's two types of guys on the PGA Tour: those who get the five under par and wish the round was over so they could get off the golf course and not ruin it, and those who get the five under par and wish they had 72 holes to play that day because they just want to keep making birdies, right? So you gotta, it's hard to be that person because most of us, it's human nature to, to say, I don't want to ruin this, right? To your point, right? So I think the, the, the thing that should stand out to us there is the first mistake we're making is we're already thinking about so far down the road, right? Mm-hmm. We shouldn't even be thinking like that. We should simply be, I know it's a cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. If you got out of your own way and just hit the next shot, and didn't put any more value on that shot than the previous shot you hit or the first shot you hit that day. It's just another shot in your round that should be taken uh, taken as your next shot. And when it's gone, it's gone. And then there's the next shot. You start thinking two holes ahead, five holes ahead. Oh, if I could just get that that par five on the back nine and make birdie, that's when things go completely sideways and you got to get out of your own way and whether you're at them at like a zero handicap or you're you know trying to break a hundred for the first time this is the same thing i see guys trying to break a hundred for the first time at them and they go if i could just make three bogeys in a row to finish my round or if i could just avoid that pond on 17 Mm -hmm. they're already five holes ahead of themselves and it's already done they're cooked right so that would be my advice. Stay in the moment. Forget about the shot you just hit and forget about anything coming up ahead of you. Just concentrate on what you're doing right there at that time. That was our psychology segment with Mark Sacchino there. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, what are we giving away this week on 20 Weeks TaylorMade? Yeah, a couple hours away. Six dozen tour response golf balls from TaylorMade, which are, which are a great golf ball. Uh, I've used them a couple times uh, throughout, the, throughout the season so far, and they're a great golf ball. Uh, how you win, Mark, it's pretty easy. All you have to do, follow Golf Talk Canada, follow TaylorMade Canada, Twitter and Instagram, tag your golfing buddies. You'll be in the draw going down a little later today, 20 weeks of TaylorMade, the gift that keeps on giving. You know uh, what I meant to tell you? I'm a TP5X guy, as you know. Yep. That's the ball I play. It just That's the number. And it's funny, last year, or, or the year before, before they did the, the, the difference in pattern, uh, before they changed the dimple pattern on that golf ball, I was a TP5 guy. And now I'm a TP5X guy with the new dimple pattern. Uh, but I have been practicing my putting with the tour response with the stripe, the neon stripe. Yep. I love it. I use it only to practice my putting with because I like using, I'm the line guy on the putter. 
right? In in, in you know when I'm playing on the TP5X, I use that that putter line. But oh, if Nick's listen, I know Nick's in uh, Nick's in Orlando uh, right. with his family. But Nick, if you're listening, or any of our friends at TaylorMade, I want a TP5X with that stripe on it. Oh. That's what I want. If you could get me that. I'd be laughing. I love that thing. Okay. Do, you, do you use? I can't remember, Scully. Are you a line guy on the putter? Do you use the putting line, or do you? I, I yeah, I, I generally just use the TaylorMade logo to, to okay. line my. But putter. you are using something to help yes. you yes. align. It's yeah. amazing, you know. We're gonna go to break because we gotta uh, welcome Weeksy in. But before we do, it is amazing. Some guys are like Bo Hostler. I, I I walked with him a few times this year, and I don't know. Maybe him and Daniel Berger. I don't know if there's two players on the PGA Tour that grind out that putting line on their golf ball more than those two guys. I mean, Bo Hostler, once he gets over it to hit it, he's fast. But he will take four or five goes at that line over it uh, until he thinks that line is exactly perfect, and then he goes. And then he just hits that line, right? And that, that's the thing about that line. I mean, if you're going to use it, you, you truly have to be super committed to it because if you get over it and you have that line and then when you get over it, that line looks a little right or a little left of where you're going and then you, you don't back off and you go because you want to keep the pace of play going. You don't want to be that guy in the group that holds everybody up. I mean, you're, giving your, you're, you're causing yourself nothing but problems. So I'm going to tell you right now, a little other piece of advice here for you. If you use a putting line, which I do, and I'm a super fast player tee to green. When you get to that green, if you're going to use it, be committed to it. And if it doesn't look right, back off and adjust it. Don't, don't worry about what everybody else in the group is thinking, or you are going to miss putts all year long using a line aimed in the wrong direction. There's my other two cents. Like Jeez, it. we should just done a, a Mark can help you. This is how, this is how Mark gets you. It's your great, game every, every week. Too, too, every I, I week. You know, seriously, every week on social media, if you have any questions, any issues, send them our way. Yeah. You know what? Either in golf or in life. Let's do that. Let's do that. We'll send that out. We'll send it on social media. I'll give you the Zucchino's Band-Aids. That's what they call them around the hunt club. Zucchino, like Zucchino's that. Band-Aids. We'll do a, a segment. Give me a Band-Aid. I'm full of Band-Aids. The answers are in the dirt, Scully. Okay, on the <laughs> other side, a man Band-Aid free covering the PGA Championship for TSN. Bob Weeks will join us from Tulsa, Oklahoma. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And welcome back, GTC Zucchino Scully. As we are doing our first of three PGA Championship shows, we'll have a bonus radio show on Wednesday from 10 to 12, and Golf Talk Canada TV 
one-hour PGA Championship preview show Wednesday afternoon. And now on his way to Tulsa, Oklahoma, on behalf of TSN, home of all major championship golf, including the PGA Championship, Bob Weeks Weeks. What's happening, Bob? Nothing. Just sitting in the lounge just waiting for the plane. <laughs> How was security? Story more like. Security was empty today. I couldn't believe it. I saw those horror stories that you saw, but uh, there was no lineups. We made it through in like 15 minutes, start to finish. So sometimes you get lucky. That's awesome. That's amazing. See, you know, I think part of it is you got to travel on non, uh, like you stay away from Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays, I think is, is a big one. So we'll see. Maybe, maybe that's part of the trick. Before we get into this, you know, I haven't had a chance to talk to you guys uh, really much about uh, the RBC Canadian Open Media Day. Because I missed it because I was at the Wells Fargo in D.C. How, what were your thoughts on St. George's, Bob? What, that's, is that your first time playing it since all the major changes? Uh, I played it once a couple of years ago, but it's been, uh, it's been a, a little bit since I've sort of refreshed myself from it. It's pretty good. You know, the, the one thing that strikes you about, well, two things that strike you. One is just how much um, stanchions and, and stands and, and private boxes and things are up. Like, it's just Every square inch, it seems like they're where they can put something. They've got it up there, and that's a credit to the uh, to the sales guys there. They've apparently sold three times as much as they've ever sold before, in terms of uh, corporate boxes and support. So that's cool. And I think the other the other thing that that struck me was um, just how thick the rough was. I won't say long. I don't know if Adam will disagree with me. It wasn't really crazy long, but it was sure thick. And unless you were standing right where your golf ball was, you did not see that golf ball. And there were a lot of people uh, talking about losing, a, you know, half a sleeve or, or half a box, I should say, but by the time they finished 18 holes. Yeah, Bob, I, you know, I was looking back on the round and I had 82 shots and four grunts after trying to hit it out of the rough <laughs> with, with, with ferocity. But, you know, I, I will say we, we spoke about it on TV last week. Uh, the course record is still there at St. George's, uh, despite us playing 18 full complete holes there. <laughs> But, Mark, Bob did birdie his last hole. That silky smooth swing was going. He, he, that stealth driver, Bob, there, there's more flight than he definitely had in the last couple of years. More distance, too. Um, but So, Bob, you're, you're playing some great golf right now. But it, all in all, though, um, after you know, we saw some announcements last week, too, Bob, with uh, the RBC Canadian Open. Great um, field. Great, great field coming together. Some, some additional, additional names, uh, which is a great thing, yeah. um, given we haven't seen an Open here, Bob, since 2019. Yeah, I think the field is coming together very, very well. And as, as Mary DePauli, who's the uh, executive vice president, um, for RBC said, you know, it's going to be the, it doesn't matter what's happening elsewhere, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, you know, this is going to be the focus of the golf world. And it really is impressive lineup. Once again, of course, you got the defending champion in Rory. You've got Scotty Scheffler. Uh, you got now Cam Smith, players champion. And of course, uh, all the team RBC players like Dustin Johnson and Webb Simpson and Harold Varner. And of course, I, I think, and Mark, you, you give me your thought on this. I think probably the deepest um, group of Canadian players to ever play in this championship like we've got i think i mean there's the eight regular guys i don't know how many of uh, of other player, canadian players in there there'll be a good number of them but of the, of the main guys out there i don't think we've ever had a better field uh, in terms of talent yeah i think you're right bob and maybe to go along with that to to echo your statement that also might fall in line with the type of player we have not just quality and depth we might have a golf course to your point that might fit them very well. If this becomes a, hey, you've got to, you've got to golf your ball around here. We're not going to have a putting contest. Then I really think that, you know, we, our chances are going to be really strong 
you know, don't want to put added pressure on these guys. We know we know how hard it is, but yeah, I'm with you on this one. Okay, uh, you're on your way to the uh, PGA Championship, Tulsa, Oklahoma. From everything I read, Bob, this is more of a restoration than it is a redesign. Uh, the routing's the same. Um, uh, restoration of where you know some of these greens used to be in terms of square footage, etc. Gil Hans looked at photos from you know the 20s and 30s and 40s, etc. When when making his adjustments to this golf course. So far, everything I've read, the players loved it. Justin Thomas raved about it. Scotty Scheffler's calling it his favorite golf course in the world. Um, th- does that synopsis sound accurate to you? Is this going to be a, a, just a more updated version of what we've seen from Southern Hills in the past? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, the one thing that may be noticeable when you see it, if you remember it from the past, it's been a while, uh, they've taken down a number of trees, a la Oakmont, who did. They, so there's a lot of uh, different looks off the tee. They've added some length to it, understandably. And uh, the green complexes are, I think, a little different in terms of size. They've made most of them are a little bit smaller. Um, but I think overall this is going to be the same kind of Southern Hills test that we've seen really in the last two big tournaments there, the one that Retief Goosen won and, of course, the one that Tiger won in 2007. Forecast for tomorrow is for some thunderstorms, and then the rest of the week looks really good. So it's going to be hot. Um, it's going to be sticky. And the golf course will play long. So, it's uh, you know, we'll see how – see how the boys uh, handle this it doesn't seem to matter what we throw at them though right i mean it's they always seem to find a way to go low yeah bob they certainly find a way to go low especially last week with uh, kh lee and there are a lot of you know obviously the world's best are in the field this week lots of great storylines for the pga championship but of course the player who's not there is phil mickelson that news breaking that he withdrew uh, from this week's PGA Championship last Friday, the old Friday afternoon news dump from Phil Mickelson. Uh, Mark and I were discussing Phil not playing uh, in hour one. Uh, Bob, were you surprised to see Phil not defending his title this week? Not really, because I think when you look at it, you know, it was a no-win situation coming in for him. If he comes in, he's going to be the focus. He's going to be, you know, everyone's going to look at him. Every journalist is going to look at him. Every fan's going to look at him. Um, they're going to ask questions. They're going to want to know what's going on. That book by Alan Shipnook is being officially released tomorrow. Um, we know that there's a few more goodies, I guess, unless you're Phil, there's goodies anyway in that book. So I, I think the distractions would have been just way too much. And it's just amazing. I was thinking, thinking of this this morning. You know, a year ago on the 18th hole, he's fighting his way through the fans uh, to get to that green, to, to sink that putt. And now he's basically by himself somewhere in exile and um it's a real long strange fall and and now i don't know the next question for me is like when are we going to see him again will we see him will it be in that live golf series first event in london or will it be um will it be at the u.s open i mean i think that's the, the next question for me is it's sad but not maybe surprising that he's not at the pga but as we say a lot of times with phil it's uh, what's next is it fair to think okay the u.s open is the week after the live golf event. If he shows up at the live golf event, I, I mean, that's pretty much it for the year. Is it not Bob? Like that, you know, there's no way the PGA tour is going to get the, get the lawyers uh, together. The DP world tour is going to get their lawyers together. They're going to ban these guys at least for a year for the season. 
or the remainder of the season, if not try to push that envelope further, depending on legally what they can do. Is it safe to assume then that that would be it for Phil? Like, I mean, if he shows up there, he's made his decision, and now we'll figure out what they can legally do and legally can't do. Yeah, uh, I agree with you on that one. I, I think, you know, the U.S. Open, of course, is run by the USGA, so we'll see what their reaction is if he shows up at that event. And then I, I don't know, you know, like it's, it's such a big step. I could see them suspending him for the rest of this season and saying, okay, like you can't play anymore in that series or else. But, you know, it's, it's a tough line for, for Jay Monaghan to be the guy who kicked Phil Mickelson out of the PGA Tour. That's a big, huge step. Phil, for all, his, all the terrible things he's said and, and all the fingers he's pointed, um, you know, he's still a huge fan draw. He's still a huge guy. and He's achieved a lot on the PGA Tour. I don't know if I want to be Jay Monahan to do that. So maybe they have to eventually sit down and talk it out and figure out a way to make this thing work or, or not. And maybe, maybe Phil lets them off the hook and says, Hey, I'm a live golf guy from now on. And, and that's where I'm going to play. Um, I think really the next moves, the next few moves are going to be really, really interesting. And, and as you said, Mark, most likely they'll start in the courtroom. All right, Bob, let's switch gears here because it is PGA Championship and there are players that are actually going to create news with their clubs hitting shots this week as opposed to what's happening off the golf course. One of which is Jordan Spieth chasing a career grand slam who showed us a ton this week. Uh, putted, you know, say well, uh, 36 in strokes game putting this week, but doing it tee to green again, narrowly misses a victory, trying to join golf immortality this week. I mean, Adam and I have him under par heading to this PGA Championship. We like his chances. We think he's going to be there come come the weekend. How are you feeling right now about Jordan from what you've seen? Or are you in the camp of, man, a guy still missing the odd three-footer when he needs it? I, I just can't feel good about I think I'm in that ladder camp a little bit. That three-putt from seven feet, whatever it was, on <laughs> Late, late on the back nine or middle of the back nine yesterday kind of makes me a little bit nervous. Um, you know, he couples those with some one or two 40-footers every round, it seems as well, though. I'm still just not quite 100% there. I, I think that Jordan has showed that, uh, I mean, his last two starts have been a win of the second, so hard to argue with that. Um, I just don't know if he's going to do it on this major championship course where everything, as we know, gets a little bit more amped up and, and your misses are, are become a little bit larger. Um I hope he proves me wrong because I think it would be a great story and a great, I don't want to say comeback because he hasn't really, he's been back for a little bit. He's eighth in the world right now. Um, but it's a, it's a really cool story if he completes that career grand slam. Okay, Bob, but uh, before we let you go, uh, Tiger Woods appears that he's going to be playing this week. And uh, after everything he said, it seems like the endurance is stronger he, in his leg, his ankle, the swing works more fluid, more free. He's opening right now at plus 6,500 to win outright. And, Bob, I am strongly considering adding him to my TSN Edge team this week. Am I psycho? <laughs> um, no, you're less, you're less so than if you would have added him to your team at the Masters. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. He's, he's playing better. He's phys- he's, he seems to be fitter. He says he's stronger. Um, he knows the golf course, obviously. He's won on the golf course before. I think it's a long shot, but I think it's it's a shorter shot than it was, as I said, at Augusta National. And uh, you know, we've all made we've all made uh, careers out of underestimating what he's possible of doing. Mm-hmm. I still think I still think the course is pretty hilly. I still think the heat 
now might play a little bit of a factor in terms of tiring and exhaustion. Um, so those two things to me are a little bit worrisome, but um, it's going to be fun once again to see what he's able to do. All right, Bob, safe travels. We're going to talk to you for TV and uh, enjoy your week. And, man, is this thing wide open. We've got so many great players now seeming to come in into form at the same time. And, we, you know, we didn't even get to Rory and his chances. We didn't get to Morikawa and his chances. I'm curious to see where Bob Weeks goes this week with his TSN edge picks. I think, <laughs> I think Weeks, he might go a little off the radar this week. I, I, it's just my gut. I think we, we could have some different picks between the three of us. Just a hunch where, Bob, as you know, the last few weeks, uh, the three of us have pretty much just been ditto. The last few weeks, I, I don't think I think this week we could be going in some different directions, but safe travels. We'll talk to you tomorrow for TV. Sounds good, guys. Take care. Thanks, Bob. Bob Weeks on his way to Tulsa, Oklahoma for the year's second major. Scully, I know we're going to do it later on on TV and we're going to do it our Wednesday. Uh, Golf Talk Canada will do uh, our TSN edge picks as well for radio on Wednesday. Uh, do you are you with me on we might be going in different directions this time around? Or you think we're going to have more of the same? I kind of hope we go in different directions because mm-hmm. it, it gives us all someone, you know, someone different that we're, that we're rooting for or, or you know, are, mm-hmm. are high on. I, I will say that I am contemplating Tiger Woods, although after that exchange with Bob, he is now not as likely to be on my team. But he is like, you know, like I, I like to be bold with Tiger. I mean, it's more for I, – I think Tiger could, could legitimately – be a good top 10 or top 20 finish and that would be Here's somewhere probably yeah that yeah that's fair enough like, i mean yeah. you can't you just it's tiger woods you just you never you know you, you've been made a fool of before by yes. i have bob has by you know not recognizing this guy does things that are special i will say this i'm going with three favorites this week because i think some of the best players in the world are all playing well and i do think a big name is going to win this championship that being said there are some value plays right now. At Sam Burns at forty-one to one, Keegan Bradley at a hundred and five to one, or something like that. Keegan Bradley's finished T eighth, T four, T second. His last three starts, twenty eleven PGA champion. Do I think he's going to win? No, but at those odds, it's just really hard to ignore the value play there. Sam Burns is second in the FedEx Cup. He's won twice this year. It's a big ballpark. It's he's forty-one to one. Joaquin Neiman forty-two to one. I mean, there are some long plays here. Again, do I think they're going to win? Mm, I'm looking at big names that are playing well right now. But you, but to your point, Adam, there are some value plays here. You go, scratching your head a little bit. All right, on the other side, we'll introduce you to the new Director of Diversity and Inclusion for Golf Ontario. Alexa Tam, Alexia Tam joins us next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, Zucchino Scully. Golf Ontario has welcomed not only a new employee, but a new position. Alexia Tam created a division, created a position on diversity and inclusion 
in the game of golf. She's making sure that the game of golf is a welcoming environment for players, coaches. She's assisting clubs on creating this environment. This is just the start of this position. Uh, golf has changed. It's changed over the last 20 years or so, 30 years or so. But there's a challenge to let the rest of the community know this. In fact, it happens on occasion with our politicians when they try to put a target sometimes on our back, as they have done in recent times. Well, Alexia is concentrating on all these things. And above, I had a chance to speak with her earlier this week. Alexia, thanks so much for taking the time to join me. New position created for Golf Ontario. Let me get this correct because I don't want to get this wrong. You're the manager of diversity, equity, inclusion, human resources, and safeguarding for Golf Ontario. That's a lot of words in one sentence, but to package this, you're here to make sure that the golfers in Ontario feel welcomed and know they're entering an environment and a sport that wants them and has created an environment that uh, that is a safe place to get involved and get engaged with the game of golf. Absolutely. Yes, you are correct. It is a mouthful. It's a very long title, um, but that is ultimately the end goal. Um, golf is a place for everyone to come and participate and to have positive experiences. And, you know, we hope to connect people through golf and that's sort of in a nutshell, what my role encompasses. The first step in this process, we spoke a little bit off camera, is to really let people know, hey, this sport, whether it be Canada, specifically for this interview, Golf Ontario, knows that this is important enough to create this position and you exist now in this position. That is a big first step. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's fantastic that Golf Ontario um, created this brand new position for someone like me to come in um, and sort of the first step of, of, of what I'm going to try to achieve here is really just bringing the community together um, and letting people know that there is someone in place to help them, to support them, to provide resource and really be an advocate for all participants, all stakeholders in golf. So athletes, coaches, parents, spectators, officials, really every, all of our volunteers, we have an amazing um, network of volunteers that help with all of these tournaments. Um, so really making sure that everyone feels like they are safe and they are welcomed and that they belong in golf. How much of your job is going to be communication out of the gates? And the reason I ask that is I know our game has changed a lot in the last 20 years. And I know if you're within the golf community in Canada with programs like the First Tee program, et cetera, that you know that our sport um, is welcoming and it, and it does have diversity and inclusion. But if you're on the outside looking in and you don't know what's happened in the last 20 years, there are some stigmas to get over. How much of that is going to be not only a challenge, but part of your job right out of the gates? Um, it's going to be a large part of my job. And I'm working really closely with our amazing marketing and communications team to, um, to showcase some of the things that we are doing um, to really, like you said, highlight the things that have changed and the things that we are um, looking forward to in the future. Um, and a big part of my role is going to be to get out there as well um, and to be present, to start to introduce myself to our community members. Um, I think that's really a, a successful year one for me is to make our community feel um, like they have somebody on their side. 
And I can't let you go without touching on what you just said, because it kind of speaks to your role and what we're talking about. You don't come from a golf background. So for you to get out there, get involved now, you know, you're asking the game of golf and the people around you to do exactly what you're going to do for everybody else. So you're just starting your golf journey. I'm just starting my golf journey. Um, I come from soccer and football. That's sort of my background. Um, but I think that's the that's sort of the important message around um, safe sport and diversity, equity, inclusion is that openness to learn. Um, we're not all, we're, it's impossible to learn everything all at once. Um, but just as I'm open to learn how to play golf and um, get out there and sort of maybe be a little bit uncomfortable as I go through that beginning learning process, um, you know, that's all sort of we can ask for engaging with safeguarding and DEI initiatives. Um, it's just that openness. Um, and I hope that I can um, really contribute to the learning of our community members. That's great. Congratulations on the new position. We're so happy that Golf Ontario has created this role. It speaks to where golf has come in 20 years and where it's going. If our listeners, if our viewers, if anybody out there wants more information, Go to GAO.ca for existing programs, new initiatives, new communications. Alex, uh, Alexia, congratulations and great job. Thank you so much. Well done to Alexia and Golf Ontario. We'll keep you up to date on uh, more to come as these programs roll out uh, at the provincial and national level. On the other side, it is Winners Weird and Wide, and Greg Norman continues to be one of the worst human beings on the planet. This is GTC. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. It is Zucchino, it is Scully, and it is that time. Three dub, winners, weird, and what? And Adam, this week, the tea is mine. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, Adam, my winner this week is Ukrainian golf amateur Lev Grinberg, who at 14 years old shot 70 and 69 to make the cut at the DP World Tour. How cool is that? 14 years old. Did not have the weekend he wanted. Shot 76, 74. Who cares? He's a 14-year-old amateur playing on the weekend at the DP World Tour. Uh, and again, the 69 on Friday. Pretty awesome. Becomes the second youngest player. Um, the uh, Chinese amateur player that did it a few years ago and played for, um, name escapes me, for uh, ended up at Augusta getting the penalty for slow play is the youngest by a month or so. Yeah, it's a, you know it's pretty wild to think uh, that a this fourteen year old can do this and be once and long that that fourteen year old who you were mentioning a made the cut and b was penalized for slow play. If, if, <laughs> if we were doing golf talk, if I was involved with golf talk Canada back then in two thousand fourteen, it would have been an entire show of just why on earth would a kid be penalized for that? All right, my weird this week, and it's weird because listen, mistakes are only mistakes in life if you don't learn from them. All right. That's otherwise they're not mistakes. They're learning moments. 
Well, Alex Cheka got disqualified after signing a scorecard Saturday night at the Champions Tour. He's actually defending champion. He got disqualified because he was playing with a yardage slash green reading book that was not uh, approved by the Champions Tour. So, as you know, this year they banned green reading material, green reading books on the PGA Tour, including the Champions Tour, that gave kind of any insight into slope break degrees. They wanted to go back to a format where green reading was part of the ability and the skill set in the game of golf. Well, Bjorn was basically traveling and working with an old-style green reading book that wasn't approved by the Champions Tour, and got disqualified. Now, why I find this so weird, Adam, is this the second time in his career something like this has occurred. Back in 2019, before they went to the straight ban on green reading material, they reduced the size of the book you could have. That was their first step before the current rule that we've just recently updated. And in 2019, Alex Cheka was also disqualified for a book that was too big. So Alex Chekenow has been disqualified on two separate occasions in the last three seasons due to green reading materials he's carrying on the golf course. I find that absolutely bizarre. So maybe the lesson learned here is don't carry a green reading book. I, I, I don't know for Alex. <laughs> I, like, this is just so weird. Like, how does this happen? Multiple times. How does it happen twice? Yeah. Unbelievable. Wild. Wild. All right. And under the column. Oh, boy of lineup as one of the worst human beings at the moment on the planet, Greg Norman, back in the winner's circle. My what this week, what a moron Greg Norman can be. Listen, if you want to sell your soul to the devil, fine. You want to take hundreds of millions of dollars and not care about, you know, what happens in the afterlife or getting up in the morning and looking in the mirror or have to speak to your wife or your daughter because of what you've done, that's your that's your uh, prerogative if you really want to be that human being. But when you got nothing smart to say, just shut up. Recent comments from Greg Norman are unbelievable. He was asked about the murder of the journalist Jamal Khashoggi, who was murdered at the hands of the Saudi government about a year and a half, two years ago. Okay. Greg Norman's comments, people make mistakes. People make mistakes. Murdering a journalist is not a casual mistake. People making mistakes are, mm, shouldn't have had that last bourbon on last call. That's a mistake. Okay. Murder is not a mistake. And then the follow-up to that, he was asked about LGBTQ community and rights in Saudi America, Saudi Arabia. And he said, and this, I'm paraphrasing, but this is what he said, Adam. He said, I'm not so sure I even have a gay friend, end quote. So because you don't have a gay friend, it, those people don't deserve rights, and it's okay for the, the Saudi government to not give that community rights? I mean, how far out of touch has this human being become? It, it, it's, it's just every time he opens his mouth, it gets more disgusting than the time before. I just really wish he'd sh shut up and say, listen, uh, I'm a tramp. I have, uh, I've had a sore spot for the PGA Tour for 30 years. I've been trying to take him down since the mid-90s. 
Uh, I'm a tramp when it comes to the almighty dollar. So don't ask me any questions uh, beyond that. Thanks very much. Uh, end quote. That's what it should be. Because every time he opens his mouth on anything beyond that, it just gets more disgusting. Did you read the comments? Have you seen the, the comments? Yeah, I, I saw the comments. And, and, and the thing that's uh, what well, everything's troubling about it, but be, because everything with this live tour, Greg Norman's not going away anytime soon. So, I mean, even you think everything that, that was said last week and then even like in terms of him golfing, like trying to apply to play in the Open Championship this year, like, dude, what are you doing? Like, no. So okay. for, for, I'm going to go yeah. one step further on this too, Adam, because I am very, I am opinionated. I've never been shy. I give my opinion. Okay. But I am not a hypocrite. And I'm going to go beyond this. This is a learning moment in time for all of us and all sports leagues. Okay. So PGA Tour China is pretty much doesn't exist anymore. Okay. So Olympic Committee, uh, FIFA, places like that, we should not be going to China to have Olympic Games. Okay. Where there, where there are human rights violations taking place, things like that, we should not be having Olympics. Okay. PGA Tour China should not exist. Okay. LPJ Tour, I know they need the money. I know they're fighting hard for uh, greater pay, greater exposure, this or that. Going to Saudi Arabia to play an LPJ event is not the way. You cannot be for women's rights. You cannot be for equal pay. You cannot champion women's sports 12 months a year, except take four days off once a year to go to Saudi Arabia because you need the money. So I'll call them out too. It's time for the world. This is, this is a wake-up call for all of us right now. And I mean, put it this way, if someone was willing to cut the check right now to go to Russia to play a tournament, should we go to Russia? No, we should not go to Russia. All this other stuff, it falls in the same column. It's the same thing. I'm over it. I'm done with it. And right now, Greg Norman's the poster child for it. And and you know what? I'm glad I'm not going to see him in person. Let's just leave it at that. All right, Adam, the tea is yours. 348. Oh. <laughs> oh man, that is sweet. Okay, Mark. So before I get to my three up here, we were discussing <laughs> Bryson DeChambeau uh, earlier in the show, and, and we were saying, is he gonna is he gonna send it this week? Like, is he actually gonna play? Is he going to be a different Bryson? Well, just about ten minutes ago, Bryson posted a video on his Twitter account, hitting 192 ball speed, 342 <laughs> carry. Bryson, take some time off. You're going to get injured again, man. What? I guess he's fine. What is he doing? I guess doing you're fine. Like, like well, I, that's just, wow. uh, I, I just don't, uh, yeah, that's just bizarre. I mean, the guy, he's stubborn. He wants to play. He wants to win. So good on you, Bryson. But I, I hope it doesn't come back to bite you uh, very shortly. Okay, my winner this week, Danny Woodhead. Yes, former NFL player Danny Woodhead mm-hmm. has advanced to sectional qualifying for the U.S. Open, which is great, Mark, because as we both know, anyone can try to qualify for the U.S. Open if you're, what, a 1.1 handicap index or maybe a little below, uh, below that. You just pay the fee. You can go to a local qualifier, and you can try to qualify, which is great to see so many different players, athletes. We've seen Tony Romo try to do it. We've seen many other athletes in other sports try to accomplish this. But, you know, good on Danny Woodhead for shooting even par and making it onto the next stage. I love it, too. I love the qualifying, too, Adam, because it's different. It's not like, hey, we're giving a sponsor's exemption and handing it out to so-and-so because we need to sell tickets. This is the U.S. Open, thus open qualifying, and he gets it done for real. He, he's made his way to the next stage. I'd be curious to see how far he could go, but I, I caught this story. I thought, that's awesome. 
Yeah, totally. Okay, my weird this week. If you're going to the PGA Championship at Southern Hills, you might need your wallet if you want to buy mm -hmm. a drink, buy a beer, buy water. So to buy a bottle of water, six bucks. Six American dollars to buy a bottle of water at Southern Hills. If you want a Michelob Ultra, you know, a light beer, maybe not something too heavy, a light beer to stay hydrated, perhaps $18 for a Michelob Ultra. Stella, 19 a Kona Big Wave Golden Ale, $15. Hey, you get a you know, little bargain there. Uh, Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer, $19. You get it. Like, for a beer, $19 US for a beer. I mean, it's, it's 85, 90 degrees Fahrenheit the first two days, Thursday and Friday. You want people to hydrate? I mean, there were many people back in 2007 who had a lot of issues with the heat. There were medics all over the map. Apparently, over 200 fans had to be treated because it was so hot. It's not going to be that hot, thankfully, but $6 for a for a bottle of water? Are you kidding me? I mean, it's a polar opposite of what we just went through at Augusta, right? Where you can still get a beer for $3.50, right? It's exactly. it's crazy um, to think that uh, here we are fast forward and you can get to a, a point where you're ordering a $19 beer at, at Southern Hills. I mean, come on, but hey. They're going to, here's the thing, Adam, you're there for the day. You've got your ticket. You're not going to have a beer. You're not going to have a bottle of water. You're going to hit the concession stand. So they've got you coming or going and they're just taking advantage of it. No, you're right. You're right. You're definitely right. Okay. My, my what this week, uh, what a great move by Justin Thomas, who has helped launch uh, a sunscreen company called Wear SPF. So back in 2019, the backstory, uh, Justin Thomas was having a routine checkup with a dermatologist and that revealed a mole on his left leg showing early signs of melanoma. Now he had that mole removed, posted a photo on social media, uh, basically saying, hey, you know, the sun's dangerous. And it's true uh, if, if you're not protected and especially these guys, uh, whether you cover the game, whether you play the game, you're in the sun, for 8, 10, 12 hours a day. And so Justin Thomas has helped launch this, this uh, um, sunscreen company, Wear SBF. He reapplies every two hours. And it's just a great move for Justin Thomas, who obviously had a wake-up call a couple of years ago, but mm -hmm. to help launch this company and uh, to help others who, uh, you know, maybe – uh, haven't gone to a doctor to check something out in terms of a mole or, or a mark on your skin. Uh, good on Justin Thomas in all yeah. ways, shapes, and forms. It's good for a golf, uh, perfect for a golfer too, right, Adam? Because I mean, is there any other sport in the world that forces you outside for that long an extended period of time on a consistent basis? You know what I, I mean. So uh, uh, good on him for that, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. I have him over par this week, though, Adam, for, for the PGA Championship, and you do not, so we, we, we'll see. <laughs> All right, on the other side, we'll get you caught up on leaderboard updates from around the world of golf. There was quite a bit of golf played around the globe this weekend, and we'll get you caught up on all things uh, Golf Talk Canada as we enter the year's second major week. This is GTC. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. 
This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. I just put on my new Tour 360s for the first time last week. Love them. Absolutely love them. Fit like a glove. I like a good, meaty golf shoe. Some of these flimsy slippers out there everybody's golfing. You're not swinging hard <laughs> enough. You can, you can wear slippers to play golf. You're not swinging hard enough. Full stop. Okay. Leaderboards. Leaderboard updates brought to you by Bushnell Golf. BushnellGolf.com, your leader in range finders and GPS technology. On the European Tour, the DP World Tour, Sam Horsfield gets it done with the victory. Uh, that was just on the weekend. LPGA, Minji Lee with a two-shot win over Lexi Thompson. That was at the Founders Cup in New Jersey. Congra congratulations to Minji. The region's tradition. What a great story. Steve Stricker, Adam, a six-shot victory. He's just weeks removed from coming back from severe illness. And Steve Stricker now a winner on the Champions Tour again. And KH Lee goes back-to-back -back at the Byron Nelson, gets it done on the PGA Tour. A one-shot win over Jordan Spieth as Jordan Spieth now heads to Tulsa, Oklahoma, looking to become a career Grand Slam champion. Speaking of the PGA Championship, Golf Talk Canada this Wednesday. Golf Talk Canada, 60-minute TV special on the PGA. We'll get you set up on everything you need to know for the year's second major. We'll also do it for radio. Every major week this season, you can catch a bonus Golf Talk Canada radio 10 to 12 a.m., 10 a.m. to 12 Eastern on TSN 1050 iHeartRadio and TSN.ca. We'll do it this Wednesday. Adam, myself, uh, I think Bob will have an opportunity to join us. We're going to jump in. We're going to break down the odds. We're going to hear all from the pressers, all the big names. We'll let you know who are the favorites. What are the odds suggesting? We'll hear from each player, including Tiger Woods. That's this Wednesday. All right, Adam, the big story that we have not touched on in the last two hours is how are we not in the second round? The Leafs, are, I mean, this, this is go. the best Leaf, best Leaf team ever assembled. We, you know, Austin Matthews may, may be the greatest Leaf of all time, 60-goal man. Mitch Marner is one of the top players in the league. I mean, it's the deepest team we've had. Morgan Riley had an incredible series. Everybody's asking, well, where, you know, where's our horse? Where's our guy? Are you kidding me? Morgan Riley played great. Soup was solid. Okay, he didn't lose a game. Soup. Okay, you know, he, he held. The, he did what he can. Is he a top five goalie in the league? No, but I mean, so if we play, if our best players played great. And this is the deepest team. And we got solid goaltending. How are we gone again? What happened? What do you do? How do you improve? Well, you think of game seven. And, you know, for the most part, the Leafs' top dogs had a good game. But game sevens are all about unsung heroes. Nick Paul for Tampa. Cody Cece for Edmonton. But the Leafs didn't have that. You know, your Pierre Engvalls didn't step up. Your Ilya Mikheyevs had good chances. But didn't step up. David Kampf had a great series. Didn't you know? In Game Seven, couldn't score a big goal. You know, Jason Spezza was on the ice. You know, you can't really fault Jason Spezza for no. everything. But you know, all in all, for the Leafs, it's just tough luck. I think it's. I mean, Tampa loses Braden Point. 
who clearly uh, is very, uh, there's got to be some sort of injury issue there. I'm not sure of what, what he's like for the second round here against Florida. Nikita Kucherov uh, was laboring. I am curious, Mark, you know, Jack Campbell had a collision with Nick Paul. He was favoring that left knee. I'm curious if something else has come from that too, because it was for the right. I think he might've faced two more shots the rest of the game. He didn't look like himself. So I'm curious if there's some sort of knee issue there too. For me, this all comes down to game six, Adam. They yeah. outplayed them severely in game six. Uh, Kerfoot, who I love, I think he's a great Leaf, maybe had his worst game as a Leaf. Bad luck on the penalty call, kind of marginal, you know, at that juncture in the game, do you put it to team two man short? He happened to be the victim of that call, though. And then the blind giveaway earlier in the game to send him in on the breakaway. In a way, he's carrying around two goals on his shoulder, and that's a lot for a guy to carry around. I feel bad, but for me, game six was the game they should have won, had him. And then all, all, you know what? Game seven, anything can happen. And, and we're a victim of anything can happen. But it should have never gone seven. We outplayed him in game six. A couple of bad breaks and a horrible call. And here we are again, staring out the window going, how? Absolutely how? And, and before we wrap here, Adam, the bigger question is, and maybe we can get into this this afternoon on Leafs Lunch, because Leafs Lunch is coming up next right here on TSN 1050. Where do you go for here? How do you improve this team? What, you're going to move one of your key pieces? You're going to trade a good contract that's tradable for what? There's no Victor Hedmans out there. There's no top five goalie stand on your head anywhere in the world out there. No, this has to come from within. We have to develop these people and trading one of our key pieces. I don't think it's going to get you better right away, Adam. I don't think it happens overnight, buddy. We'll see. All right. You have a great week. I'll see you tomorrow for TV. Everybody have a wonderful week. Stay with us for the PGA Championship. Uh, This is going to be a real good one, a real special one. Lots of great players, huge stories this week. We're back Wednesday for TV and radio. Remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. Thank you for listening. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360-22. Tour 360-22 sits on the feet you wear last serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 Fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.